Coming up in this week's episode, we take a look at Liverpool's title winning season. Who can qualify for the Champions League with four teams trying to fill two positions? We look at the action at Stamford Bridge from last week as Chelsea took on Manchester City. Liam has his teaser at the ready and has another story for us. And Chris has a Liverpool special in the Wonders of White. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of View from the Sodland podcast. It's Chris here and Liam's here. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Despite more losses? Yeah, it's every week, isn't it? <laughs> every week. Every week I tell you I'm not doing bad when really I'm dying inside because <laughs> it's just another poor, poor performance. But yeah, you're a bit happier than me, though. Well, we, I've, I've yet to see us lose for about six months, so it's um, it's pretty good at the moment, I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, very interesting results this weekend, so we'll um, obviously go into that in a little bit. Um, but I believe you have another teaser this week. I do, Chris. So it was a little bit too difficult last week, so rather than putting anything in an order this week, what I want you to do is to name... The Premier League's top five French goal scorers. So that's obviously since 1992. Who are the top French goal scorers in the Premier League? So at the end, I'll come back for five names. Well, I think two or three already spring to mind. So hopefully, hopefully they're on? correct. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll have a think about that and we'll. we'll uh, We'll try and uh, get them a little bit later on. Uh, so we'll go into our talking points this week. Um, the first one, uh, the crowning of new Premier League champions. And uh, it's a first, obviously, for Liverpool since the Premier League started. Um, but we probably all could have called this probably at Christmas. <laughs> don't know about yeah, you, Liam, but it, not. it feels like we have been saying Liverpool are going to win the league for a very long time now. And, a very, uh, very long finally, time. Finally, yeah. um, they got over, over over the finish line there. Um, but what can you say, really, other than uh, all round, very much deserving of winning that title, um, being yeah. by far the best team in the Premier League, probably the only Premier League team other than probably Sheffield United that have actually played well consistently and have probably gone above and beyond of what they probably thought they could. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, you look at, if you take last year into consideration as well, I think over the last two seasons, really, I know Man City won it last year, but Liverpool were level with them. And yeah. this year they've just blown them out of the water, really. Um, yeah, to go one loss throughout the entire season, you know. I mean, well, would you put them up there with the great Premier League teams? Do you think, Chris? Um, I'd say it's uh, you know you have to, I think you have to really. I, I, to be, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying they were better than the the Arsenal Invincibles, but I would say that probably not too far behind them and obviously the Arsenal Vince was probably the best one of the best teams to grace any league um but yeah not, not too far behind I would say what about do you yeah, think they well, are I was, I was thinking 
I was thinking the same thing, to be honest. I, I was trying to sort of put it in a bit of perspective earlier today, and I was, I don't know who from that Liverpool team at the moment I would put in Arsenal's Invincibles to make them better. Mm. But I look at all the other good teams. I, I look at Mourinho's Chelsea first time round. I'm looking at the United treble winning season. And I think that there are players in Liverpool's side who more than match those teams. I think Arsenal's Invincibles, you you sort of take them as an an anomaly. I don't know how they managed to do that season. But yeah, I think they are up there probably with the the best teams ever now, especially if they go on next year. Who knows, they might win two or three in a row. Um, I can't see anyone competing against them. I don't know about you. Well, this this is the question that I've seen put to a few people now of, is this going to be a sort of dominance from Liverpool in, in the next few years? Um, you already look at next season and, and they're going to be clear favourites. You know, Manchester City are going to need to sign at least three or four new players, I think, to get anywhere near Liverpool. And, and that's that's Manchester City. Uh, you know, the rest of the teams in there, like Chelsea, Man United, you know, they're going to have to play some pretty good football and make some pretty good signings, I think, to even compete um, with Liverpool. I've seen, obviously I saw Chelsea beat them in the FA Cup, um, but it's the games, obviously, that where sort of Chelsea have struggled this season against the lower, sorry, the, like the lower teams in the league where Liverpool haven't. And I think a lot of the big teams have struggled against sort of mid-table teams this season and I think that's yeah. one probably one factor as to why Liverpool are so far in front um, and you've got to look at you've got to single a few players out um, one I'd never thought I'd say this but Jordan Henderson um, yeah. what yeah. a key player he is in, in that squad and when he is not in that squad they don't look as strong in midfield as what they do when he's in there um, I think you'd have to say probably if not player of the season I think in the Premier League Henderson I think anyone that comes close to him is going to be a Liverpool player anyway Um, but I'd say he's probably one of the most improved midfielders I've seen in a few years Um, It's interesting because obviously he was touted as the next Gerrard for such a long time and almost to the point where it was becoming a little bit of a joke I think especially when Gerrard left um, what four or five years ago now um, a lot of people questioned whether Henderson had enough whether they need to buy anybody else but I actually think probably again I'm looking over two years maybe even longer I think he's improved no end and it, oh, it's, yeah. he's got to be nearing 30 now I think is he what 28 29 yeah, something like that yeah. so it's it's been steady but yeah, he's been phenomenal this season. And like you say, for player of the year, I think you're looking at him. I think you're maybe looking at obviously Van Dyke um, would be probably one of the names. And I think Mane as well. Yeah. Um, who I think is, he's just kicked it onto another, another level. I mean, we've seen a lot of Southampton players go to Liverpool over the last four or five years and either sort of maintain um, where they were at Southampton and not kick on a level. But I didn't really see Mane really getting that next step up, but he's proved me wrong time and time again. I think he's a phenomenal player. Obviously, his pace helps, but his um, his decision-making in the final third, I think he knows when to pass, he knows when to, yeah. when to shoot. 
Um, and that complements obviously with Firmino as well, who I, he doesn't get the headlines as much Firmino as, as the other two in the front three, but he's just as important. I think he allows them to be better players. So yeah, if they can, I think if they can keep the core of their squad, it'll be interesting. I, I think whether I mean Barcelona have, have sniffed a few of their players over recent years with Suarez and Coutinho. It'll be interesting to see how many they can keep and whether the pull yeah. of a Barcelona or Real Madrid might tempt people away. But I think when you when you look at sort of Suarez and Coutinho when they left, Liverpool should probably should have been winning the league. And I think now yeah. I think they're at a point now where they don't generally have to sell their best players. And I don't think that their best players would want to leave. Um, And you'd almost be looking at Liverpool buying sort of Barcelona players and Real Madrid players rather than the other way around. Um, Yeah, I think... I have to say, I agree with the Mane comment. Um, I think overall he is... I think he's the, the... best of the three at, at the top that they play. Um, I think he he got overshadowed by Salah with goals last season. But I think overall, I think he brings a bit more to the table um, than what than what Salah does. And like you said, Firmino, is, he's sort of the dark horse of that, that team. Um, he keeps everything going. That sort of, he's not really an out-and-out striker. He's more of a, a like that sort of centre-forward, the false nine sort of, Player, but, his work um, rate is is phenomenal yeah, as well. Yeah. I think if you actually if you focus on him, the way he sort of he knows when to drop off to make the space for the other two, but he also knows when to press and things like that. It's just yeah, they've got a good link up obviously between the three of them, and they've been a joy to watch this year. Actually, uh, I you know I hope that they yeah. do manage to keep those three together. But um, like you say, uh, what I thought was interesting was that. Um, Liverpool have been sort of maybe classed as a bit of a selling club and in, in getting rid of players to Barcelona over the years and, and things like that recently. But they actually didn't buy much. And I think where Man City obviously won the title the season before and they they went out and splashed on their record transfer and yeah. bringing Rodri in for 50-odd million and, and those kind of things. And Liverpool, I think they only really spent money on Minamino in, in January and, and that was probably about it. There wasn't much in terms of bolstering the squad. And I think maybe that gave the players that did finish yeah. second that confidence to say, well, he believes that we can do this and we're He's... all hungry for it. And it kicked him on to, to do, obviously, incredible things this year. He just has progressively like added to the squad over sort of the, f- the five years he's been there. Um, yeah. And I think he knew that they were literally on the... Ver- obviously, last season, they were so close. And his probably thought process behind it was probably thought, well, if we can if we can just play like this again, but better. Um, obviously, with the players knowing each other a lot better, I think that he knew that he had sort of a winning sort of combination there. Um, but yeah, so his record in the transfer window is, has been great as well. I, I was looking at his transfers and I, I could only really see Carius and Clavan that were players that he'd signed that hadn't done much. I think every single other player he bought had played a big part in this season, yeah. which is incredible for a manager in this day and age. When you think how many people are bought and don't make it, it's uh, yeah, a testament to the scouts, I suppose, of Liverpool yeah. for finding them. But um, yeah, so congratulations to Liverpool women in the league. Um, so we're going to look a bit further down. I say further down. Points wise, is a lot further down. 
Um, <laughs> so the fight for the fourth place. Um, this was something that you wanted to talk about um, because one team in particular have uh, sort of taken your fancy since the restart. Yeah, so I, obviously I'm being a Villa fan, I watched the Wolves Villa game this week, and um, I was I was quite impressed by Wolves. They they didn't, I mean I don't actually think they got out of first gear to be honest, but they never really looked threatened. I was impressed with obviously Neves has got a lot of headlines and Jimenez up front, but I think all round as a team, um, you even look at like their wing backs. Like I think Johnny had a very good game um, at the weekend. Um, defensively they look pretty sound Dendonka obviously got the goal I know he's not the quickest of midfielders but he's always a bit of a nuisance and he's quite tall as well in set pieces he's dangerous but um, yeah I was really impressed with um, with how Wolves played and you know looking at the table um, other than Liverpool it's Wolves that have actually lost the least games they've only lost six games all year they've drawn too many which I think was a bit of a problem for them last year but um, we were talking last week, obviously, about Leicester and Chelsea breaking into the top four. I still think Chelsea have got more than enough. Um, you know, they obviously played very well against Man City, which we'll touch on in a bit. But I actually could see Wolves overtaking Leicester if they uh, if they keep up this trajectory. I don't know if you've seen much of them recently. Yeah, well, I saw I saw bits of, of the Villa game at the weekend. Um, they are a very strong side. Um, There's there's no doubt about it and they've got some really really good players um their link-up play between i think it's been highlighted that adama Traore and Jimenez have i think they're on they're not too far off breaking a premier league record of the amount of like assists and goals they've created for each other this season i think they're um i think they're not too far off breaking that record so they've kind of got a good thing going forward I'd say defensively sometimes they do look a bit um, shaky um, but when you when you look at minutes played I think it was Connor Cody's played every single minute of the Premier League this season so has Rui Patricia and I think there's three Wolves players that have um, and they've I think they're the only three players that have played every single minute of any club so I think he's kind of kept the same sort of team as well yeah um, I think he's kept it pretty stable at the back I mean there, there wasn't much in attacking attempt intent from Villa to really test them but um, no, yeah. what they did have to do they did solidly they never really looked in danger of conceding anything but I was just very I have been impressed with them all season to be honest um, and I've seen obviously bits in, in Europe as well and they've been good out there but um yeah, I was just I just thought off the back of what we were talking about last week with mm. um, Leicester and Chelsea seemingly um, clear for the uh, Champions League places, um, I thought it'd be interesting to give Wolves a bit of a shout. And I don't see why in the next few games, you know, they can't kick on and, and get that final top four spot. They actually remind me tactically a little bit. I think formation-wise, they're similar to Liverpool. Um, wide men that sort of cut inside um, get a lot of assists and also chip in with goals as well they're high pressing high tempo and um, yeah I just think they play some very attractive football and it pains me to say it obviously I'm a Villa (laughs) fan I shouldn't ever talk about Wolves in in glowing terms but yeah you can't help but um, appreciate what Espirito Santo has done Um, I'm 
I think it might be a matter of time before he gets a big role. I don't know about you, Chris. He's he's definitely a capable manager, yeah. And I think when I, he wasn't, um, I know when he joined Wolves, um, he wasn't the biggest name that they could have chosen. I don't think at the time, but I think he's definitely shown that with you know the right sort of backing, he can definitely build a, a, a very handy team. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is like you said, only a matter of time before. Maybe he does move on. I don't think it'll be in the Premier League. Um, I think he's probably more... Maybe if it was a big, big club, maybe he's suited sort of abroad somewhere. But I suppose we'll just have to uh, wait and see. But just looking at their fixtures that they've got left, um, they've got Arsenal coming up next, Sheffield United, Everton, Wall, uh, Burnley, Crystal Palace and Chelsea. So they, they have got a few tricky games left. Um, not one against Chelsea on the last day of the season could be quite crucial for them. So that could um, be a very big game for them. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I mean, you look at Arsenal; they've obviously been quite poor since the restart. I can't see As them breaking United, it. Yeah. Um, Everton, Burnley, Palace—all winnable games for them. And then, yeah, Chelsea—it's going to be a big game on the on the last day of the season for them. Uh, I'm not sure what Leicester's running looks like actually, they've but. Got... Um, They've got Everton, Palace, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Sheffield United in the last two games against Tottenham and Man United. So it's not well, yeah. There's a there's a so, bit of both in there for them. So the four the four yeah. teams that I think that will fight for the Champions League spots are Leicester, Chelsea, Man United, and Wolves, and they're playing each other on the last day of the season. That will so. be an interesting day for the final, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the final place. So that's good. So if they're all, Gonna you know, all within, uh, you know, a couple of points of each other, it could be uh, quite a, quite a last day of the season. Um, unfortunately yeah. for Tottenham, I just I just don't think that they, you know, they are only four points behind Man United, but I think it's too I much can't now. I think inconsistencies ruin their season. To be fair, and I don't, you know. I don't, to be quite honest with you, if Palace went, to, if Palace or Burnley went tonight, they'll be on the same points as Tottenham. So, would you include them in that as well? So I, do, I think they're too far behind to be fair now. So yeah, I think they, I think they obviously had poor form early on. Uh, whether that should have cost Pochettino his job, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think it's just inconsistencies. There's just been games this season where you've expected them to walk it and they've not not turned up so yeah I think a bit uh, there was I think there's going to be a big overhaul for Spurs in the summer uh, we know we all know Mourinho likes to to buy a lot of players so um will he get yeah, the money I, I think that's the well this is the thing I don't know why he joined for, because Levy's yeah. known for being a bit stingy isn't he but uh yeah we'll see I know one way they could get a bit of money but I mean selling Harry Kane yeah I don't think <laughs> yeah. they want to do that Anyway, we'll um, we'll move on to last week's game, um, Man City Chelsea. Um, obviously, we wanted to talk about this one because of the obviously the implications the game had. Um, you know, it was one of the biggest games of the season, um, not necessarily for either team that was involved. So, um, but obviously, as a Chelsea fan, I thought it was a, a very very good performance, and I thought that we kind of carried on from the 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 sort of games we've already played since the restart. Um, and obviously Pulisic's goal, 
Um, bit of a mess up from uh, it was, I think it was mending Gundogan. Was it Gundogan? I think yeah. it was. Yeah, they well, kind of got each other. Really well taken. Well. But yeah, he kind of ran on with it and then and obviously placed it around Edison, which was really good. And and then obviously the um, the penalty, uh, which at first, I think it was hard to, I thought it was quite hard to say. I didn't realise you actually hand, Fernandinho had handballed it on the line. Um, but then the commentators mentioned it and I thought, well, maybe he had. And then obviously they showed the replay and it was obviously uh, clear to see. Um, but one thing I did want to talk about is actually Man City's defence. Um when Chelsea were were on the attack, they they looked out, so out of place. Um, mm. I don't know whether it's because they kept they've kind of made a lot of changes to their back four recently, or whether it was li- literally just since Company has left, they've not been the same. I, and personally, you know, a lot was expected of um, Mendy when he signed from Manchester City, but going forward, he's not actually too bad. But it, I don't really see a huge amount of defence, like sort of quality that he's got. He almost looks very lost when he's defending, but going forward, he is. He's not too bad. He almost looks like he'd suit more of sort of a winger than he would actually a a defender. But not not too sure. Yeah, I think he's um, positionally is a bit suspect. I think I do think they miss company, but. I think what happened, we saw it in the Pulisic goal in in a way, whenever they come up against a pacey striker, I don't think the central defence have enough pace. I think they rely a lot on Edison coming out and being that sweeper keeper. Yeah. Um, obviously, it, couldn't, it, it, it didn't happen in the game that we're talking about because it was, you know, they were on the halfway line, really, weren't they? I think, I mean, they might have even been in your half. Yeah, they were. As, they were as just l- the last line of defence. It's yeah. just, yeah, I don't think they've got the pace at centre-back to really do that. I know Mendy's quick and I know that Walker's quick, but when Man City are on the attack, they're very much part of it. And there's going to come a time where there is a counter-attack from another team, like we saw with Chelsea, and they are going to struggle to get back. I mean, it, it seemed to happen time and time again where City would be happily passing the ball around sort of 35, 40 yards away from your goal, try and make a killer pass. The ball would go here, there and everywhere. And every time Chelsea looked dangerous going forward because positionally it just seemed like Man City were nowhere. Um, and I think it happened not just for the penalty, but I think there was a, um, the Pulisic shot that was off the line. I think Walker just managed to get back. Yeah. I mean, it was a matter of inches, wasn't it, really? Um, he was quite fortunate to do that. I think if Pulisic had sort of put any power on that shot, um, it was a guaranteed goal. But yeah, I, I do think they miss company. I think they miss a bit of leadership. I think they... I think they don't trust each other at the back as much. We saw, obviously, the mistake in the Chelsea game, and we see mistakes from Otamendi and Stones in previous games throughout this season. And I think the confidence has maybe gone a little bit in their back four. So I wouldn't be surprised if Guardiola decides in the summer to invest heavily um, in a couple of centre-halves. I think they could really do with it. But I think they've also got to look tactically and say, well, we can't really afford to play a back line that sits on the halfway line against a good no. side like Chelsea. And they were exposed for it. I think, uh, I, I mean, I really enjoyed the game as a neutral. 
It's thought, the best yeah. game I've seen since lockdown. I thought it was end to end. I thought there was good attacking play by both teams. Um, but I think what it showed was that Chelsea looked really dangerous for next season. Um, I think a lot of people wrote you guys off, no money to spend, a manager with no Premier League experience. And I think a lot of people were not just putting you outside the top four, but saying a mid-table finish would be ideal for you. So, I mean, I fancy you to overtake Leicester. Um, but even if you don't, fourth place is a great achievement. And with the signings you've made already, I think it's only going to get better from uh, from here on in. So, yeah, I think it looked good for you guys. Yeah, it seems to be like the general consensus of we have started really well, obviously since coming back. And Pulisic almost seems like a different player. He he had such a good game yesterday as well against Leicester. He was a couple of times he was running at their defence, and he's very, very. It was almost like watching Ed, and almost like watching Hazard, <laughs> a, a glimpse at stages of it. Um, and I, I think that's one thing that we have actually missed this season is that sort of that sort of spark of energy. And in the last sort of two, three games, I've seen it in him, um, which is which is really good to see. He did come off yesterday injured, so you know I'm hoping that's not. You know, I think Lampard said it was more, more of like a calf sort of strain. So hopefully um, he's he's not out for too long. Obviously we, we've got West Ham coming up midweek, so maybe it would be an opportunity just to rest him then. Um, but we do, we have quite a big squad. I think, you know, like you said, a, a lot of people had written us off, I think at the start of the season, um, you know, they were all in that sort of mentality that, you know, we would have to use players that have been out on loan pre, in previous seasons in lower divisions, but it's those players that have actually come, you know, come through and, and, you know, got us to where we are, you, you know, mm. Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, those two obviously stick out in my mind, Mount especially. Um, I think on the ball, he's, he's one of our best players. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be, I mean, to be honest, I was one of those people writing you off because mm-hmm. obviously we'd had Tammy Abraham on loan last year. So, I, you know, I, I did obviously rate him. He got a lot of goals for us, but I saw a lot of Derby County last year and he, he had Mount and Tamori, I think, at Derby yeah, last did, year. Yeah. And, I mean, Mount impressed in, in quite a few games, but you can only tell so much in the championship. Tamori, for me, really didn't stand out at all. Certainly not in the playoff final. Um, and I was very, very surprised, to be honest, um, that he actually got, a, you know, started in the first place when... Uh, uh, when he was needed for you guys, but he's mm. he seems like a completely different player from think, last year. And Reese yeah. James as well. I mean, he played well for Wigan um, last season, but again, you you don't know if they can take that step up. But every single one of them has just, yeah, blown it out of the water, really. I think there's a lot of trust as well with Lampard. He, you know, like, like you said, with Tamori and Mount, he's he had them, obviously, when he was at Derby, so he knew, you know, what, what their best positions were he knew what they were capable of. So he obviously saw something in them. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I remember saying at the start of the season, I think it was in pretty much the first podcast we did this season, that we just lost 4-0 to Man United, which was not the greatest of starts. But no. I said I said then, if we got into the top four, I said we, we have massively overachieved this season. Yeah. And 
seeing how Leicester, I thought I thought Leicester actually played quite well in FA Cup yesterday against us, but seeing them and seeing us, I thought second half we were miles better than what they were, and I, I generally think we can. We're only a point behind them. I think yeah. we will overtake them, and I, I looking at our next five games. Um, on paper, I would say that we should probably be winning all of them. But I think even if we come out with three wins and two draws, I still think we're in a very, very good position. So, um, And obviously next year, like you said, we've got Zayec and um, Werner. Yeah, he obviously two, signed off in style for Leipzig earlier this week. He's twice, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So two very, very player. good players coming in. Um and I can only assume there is going to be more to come. Um, I was going to say, just out of interest, do you, do you think that is all your budget gone, or do you think because no. you haven't spent, no, do I you don't. think do you think it's going to be a proper blowout? Sort I of think two hundred and fifty well, million. You know, with with the hazard money and the Morata money, um, you're looking at True. well over yeah. 130, 140 million there. Um, and you think Werner's cost us forty nine, and Zayich cost us thirty six. Yeah. So you, you're probably looking. We've probably still got 50 million in the transfer sort of revenue that we made from from selling just two players alone, plus yeah. what potentially he could have spent last season and this season. You know, like and whatever he, he sells exactly. In the summer, obviously, you, you, you look. I, I reckon it could be another 100, 120 million that you see being spent. Uh, whether that's on one player i.e. Jaden Sancho. Mm. Um, Havertz is another one that's been mentioned. Yeah. They're all attacking-minded attacking players, though, aren't they? Well, you think that we're probably going to lose Pedro. Well, we are losing Pedro. Yeah. And William, it's not sorted out contract-wise. He's Obviously, they both sign extensions to play to the rest of the season. Um but I think I think Willian is holding out on who else might be coming in. Yeah, he knows he knows that Zayac is likely to play, um, yeah. and it, that's his position. Um, whether Willian moves, he could get obviously he can play left or right. Um, but I think Pulisic is probably the other sort of winger that they're going to be looking at. To to be starting as well. Um, I don't think I. I think sort of centre midwise. I think we're sorted there. I think if anything, we've probably got too many. Pains me to say it, but I think Jorginho could probably go. Um, I, th- I think him and Cante are the same sort of player, and I think unless yeah. Cante's heavily injured, I don't think there's any need for him. So, um, and defence. Yeah. You know, we got criticised a lot last season for our defence, but I thought. I, f- I think generally they've played pretty well this season. Um, I think Rudiger's probably the strongest centre-back we've got, probably closely followed by either Christensen or Zuma. Um, Tamori's a good defender, but I think he needs more time. Um, there's a few occasions this season where he's kind of given the ball away in silly places. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think Zuma's a good defender, personally. Uh, I know he gets criticised a lot, um, but from what I've seen in this season, he seems like he's matured a lot. 
Um, I think Mourinho said he was he's... one of the best defenders he ever had. So I'd, I'd, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't go that far, but I I have been impressed with him this year. I was impressed with him at Everton, but I think it would be interesting, and I would be. Uh, from a neutral perspective, I would be extremely worried to come up against the Chelsea next year who had signed a proper statement centre-back and a new goalkeeper. Maybe I think you're right. I think, in the, I, think, <laughs> I, I, just, I think in the middle of the field, I think you're right. I think you've got a lot of centre midfielders. Um, you've got a lot of, obviously, English centre midfielders as well, which is great for the national team. But I, I would be really interested to see... Uh, a proper, you know, like Liverpool with Van Dijk, 70 million. Koulibaly? I think he's possibly possibly one of the best could get out possibly there. Possibly Koulibaly, yeah. Um, I don't see why not. I'm, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Is is Varane happy at Real Madrid? Maybe. Some, you know, just, Take just Ramos, really go mate. out there. Imagine Ramos. Uh, Ramos is probably a little bit too old for Lampard, isn't he? But no, hey, I'll but take one I'll year take in the him. Premier League of Sergio Ramos would be. Well, you just have a, a whole year if, of highlights, wouldn't you? How many red cards would he get in the Premier League? It's just it doesn't bear thinking about. It. He'd be suspended more than he'd play. But um, he gets yeah, a lot of stick from us, doesn't he? But he is yeah, one of the best he is, defenders uh, I think there's ever been. If I, I I'm not going to swear, but as a guy, is not a nice guy. <laughs> He's just <laughs> I hate him. I hate him so much. I mean, yeah, you can't knock his ability. But he's just a didn't horrible, he, horrible player. Did he break player. a La Liga record the other day? The highest scoring defender. He's, he's got a lot of goals for Real Madrid. He has scored so many for them. Well, it's that, and he's always pops up in the 93rd minute from a corner or something like that. He's just, yeah, he's one of those players that you just hate to play against, you know, like a Robbie Savage or a Roy Keane or a Vinnie Jones or Jamie Vardy or someone like that. He's just, you get them. I mean, you've you've had Diego Costa, you know what that's all about. So Yeah, I love Costa. That's the thing. I mean, that's why Real Madrid fans love him. But yeah, just from an opposition point of view. Um, as much as I would love to see a, a year of Ramos in the Premier League, I would hate to play against him. Absolutely hate it. Right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, so that, yeah, that's sort of the talking points for this week. Um, now, you did message me before we started, Liam, about a new football um, that you, you have seen and I've not seen yet. Um, yes. But I am going to look at... Yeah, I'd take the opportunity to have a look because I have some thoughts and they're not all great. Okay, well, we'll um, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll finish part one there, and uh, coming back in part two is my reaction to uh, this new football. Um, Liam's got another story for us. Uh, We've got the one as a white, and I try and guess these five French top. Premier League goal scorers. So we'll be back in part two. Hello and welcome back to part two of View from the Silent Podcast. Um, So just before we uh, left in part one, uh, Liam told me about the new football uh, for next season. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but if you just go into Twitter or Facebook and just type in Nike Flight, um, you'll see the the new Premier League football for next season. And um, 
I think your, we've both said thoughts, this. Chris? It looks it looks like you could have a very good cushioned header with it. It looks yeah. like if it hit you on the head, you wouldn't really feel it. I, just, I don't know. It looks straight. It looks strange. I don't know why it looks so weird. It just, I think, so for me, it looks a bit flat. I think it looks like it's been made. So I, from when I used to play in goal, um, the gloves that a goalkeeper used to wear, I don't know if it's similar now, but it looks like the inner lining has just been made into a ball. It's just, it's so, it's very white. <laughs> very plain and it looks like the kind of ball literally. that your PE teacher would give you for literally any sport when you're doing PE. So basketball, volleyball, football, all rolled into one. It's just so odd. And it's got hexagons, can, but no well, colour. It looks like it's I got mean, a coding written on it as well. Yeah. So they've put, it looks like they've put 2021 yeah. Uh, on it, which is obviously the season it's going to be used. I've never seen that on a football in such big numbers before. But there's little crosses, tiny little targets by the looks of things. So Just, v, I don't, I don't, I'm zero, so zero, Even says on there, engineered for precision flight. And it can be all yours for £119 off the uh, night website. I remember when I used to pay about fiver for a football. Um, Nike has spent eight years working on this football. And they've gone through 68. uh, They went through through 68 before they got to this one, apparently. God, how bad must they have been? I mean, yeah, just... I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Maybe it'll be a grower, but... um, I can't, I can't see that being a success, to be honest. But there you go. What do I know about modern football? Eh? It's just really white. It's like it's really white, isn't it? Really, really white. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking about. On it I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. For a football. <laughs> Who'd have thought? All right. So, Liam, have you got a story for us this week? I do. I do, Chris. So this week's story comes from a league that I think we all know and love, the Pro League Championnat de Football National Division 1, or as it's more commonly known, the top division of Madagascan football. So the game that we're focusing on this week takes place in the final four team round robin to decide the title of the top division in Madagascar. The game we're looking at features arch rivals AS Adima versus Stad Olympic de Lambien, which yeah. I'm going to refer to as SOE from now on for ease. <laughs> so in the, in the last round of fixtures, SOE had been held to a 2-2 draw where a controversial late penalty had done away with their 2-1 lead. This draw squandered any chance SOE had to beat AS Adema to the title. So in their following game, they decided to protest the harsh decision by the referee and scored own goals uh, repeatedly. Yeah. They scored I 149 of them. <laughs> Witnesses said SOE would just kick the ball off, shoot at their own goal, and their keeper would let it go in every single time. Following the match, the Madagascan Football Federation, who knew there was such a thing, 
They suspended SOE coach and four of the SOE players. The, the harsh thing I thought was that they actually gave warnings to all players involved in the game, including those from the opposition side. They all received an official warning. And uh, the result stands as the largest defeat in the history of professional football of 149 nil. Imagine being that salty (laughs) to then do that. (laughs) You've you've been stewing on it for a week and you still think by the time, you know, seven days after the decision, no, we're still going to go through with this. You must have been really, really annoyed with that penalty. (laughs) Just And imagine the fans turning up on the day as well. I mean, I don't know how much it costs to go and watch... At least, professional they, football in at least they saw goals. <laughs> at least they saw goals. Yeah. Oh, dear. I imagine what they thought when they when they were just sat there, like the game's about to kick off, kicks off, and then their team just starts pummeling own yeah. goals. And I goal. mean, what do, but what do you do as the opposition? But when it gets to, say, I don't know, 43 nil. Do you just think, well, they're, gonna, they're just going to keep doing this. Should we sit down? Or yeah, are they thinking, is out. this a tactic? I wonder They're if one of their players was like, just let me score. I could get 100 yeah. goals there. That's going to be top yeah. goal score. Own goals. Yeah. Got own goals won their, uh, won their league's top scorer that season. Yeah. Oh, dear. 149 oh, dear. of them. Yeah. Wow. So that's your story for this week. Very good. Very good. Okay, we'll move on to the uh, Wonders of White. Although I've called it the Wonders of Red this this week. Oh, very nice rebrand. Yeah. It's a one-off. You don't seem too keen. <laughs> yeah. One-off. Okay, uh, so by the title, you can probably already assume that they are. it is Liverpool-themed, shall we say. Um, so Jurgen Klopp is the first ever German manager to win the English top division in its 131-year history. He's the so no other German manager has won the league. Uh, this one is a bit long and could be confusing if I don't say it right. So three of the last six seasons has seen the title decided in a match played at Stamford Bridge. So this was Chelsea versus Palace in fourteen fifteen. Chelsea versus Spurs in 15-16 and obviously the game that's just happened, Chelsea-Man City. But Chelsea were also involved in a fourth title decider in the 16-17 season, but that was away to West Brom. Wow. So So even even if you've not been at the top fighting for it yourselves, you've had to say in... Four of the last five seasons was that four, four of the, the last, last six. six? Yeah, That's, you just like to feel important, don't you? Yeah, That's yeah. What it is. my favorite one has to be the Tottenham one, of course. Uh, but, oh, yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Liverpool's title win is the late, is oh my god, the Liverpool's title win is the latest the Premier League champions have ever been crowned. Um, that's obviously due to Covid. And the last one is Liverpool can still break a few records. So they could be the team with the most points in the Premier League season, the most points in any of the top five European leagues, most wins in English top flight, and the biggest winning margin for English champions. So, yeah, 
They could. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they got a few of them as well. Yeah, I think they'll be notching a few of those up uh, when when uh, when the season is over. Hopefully, uh, not at Chelsea's expense. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or Villas, because I think you still got to play them, haven't you? So uh, we have, yes. Um, so I think uh, so. One of the Villa journalists was um, saying that when we go to Anfield, we want lockdown to have broken so that we can play a hungover Liverpool under twelve team. So I think that's the general gist of where our feelings are at the moment. Will, will they still get a guard of honour? I think they will. I will believe it be Man like City a two metre distance one, guard of honour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really the whole pitch. <laughs> yeah. That that'll be that'll be also a record. It'll be the longest guard of honor any team has ever received. There you uh, go, one honor. Right. Okay. Your teaser, Liam. Yes. So, so I'm looking I for some French goal scorers. The top five French goal scorers in the Premier League. So yeah. Five names. Five well, I'll get, I'll get the obvious one out of the way first. So uh, Thierry Henry. Is, yes, you've got uh, one. 175 goals. I don't suppose you could tell me in what position he was. I'm assuming first. Uh, I, I can. I'm going to tell you that he's top of the French goal he scorers. Okay. So, uh, other French... So my mind's gone blank now, which is weird. Um, I will say Mr... Eric Cantona. Eric Cantona is fifth of five with 70 Premier League goals. So right. you need the three in between, three Thierry Henry three. on 175 and Eric Cantona on 70. Okay, okay. I've got another name, but I don't think I don't think he scored. I'm trying to get the the less obvious ones out of the way. I would argue that you would really be kicking yourself if you didn't get one of them. Well, Nicholas Anelka is is another obvious one. Nicholas Anelka is second with 125. Yeah, yeah. Points. so I've got Anelka. Yep. Uh, was he the one that I was going to kick myself about? Um, no. Oh. Not particularly, because I know he did play for Chelsea and on all that, but he, you know, he went for Man City and Arsenal and several teams, Bolton yeah. as well. But yes, yeah, number three, probably the most difficult. But number four, you've got to, you've got to. Oh, yeah, don't say that. I want to see another Chelsea player, but I just can't see him scoring as many as Eric Cantona. Um, I'm going to say Maluda. Going to say Flora Maluda? Yeah. Flora Maluda is 10th in the list oh. with 35 goals in the Premier League. It's probably all in one so, season as well. I, mean, I will give you one more guess. Okay. So you've had five guesses. Uh, this is painful. I, I've got, I've got, I've got to be another Arsenal player in there somewhere. The amount of French players they had. <laughs> I don't think it's Patrick Vieira. I got, I'm going to go with Perez. 
days. Oh, you're so close. He's number six uh, with 62 uh, goals. So the top five, Thierry Henry, number one, 175 goals. Nicola Anelka, number two, 125 goals. Number three, Louis Saha with 85 Premier League goals. Number four, here it comes, mate. Olivier Giroud, Chelsea player, 81 goals. 81 goals in the Premier League. Not bad going, really. Yeah, I I would have said he's had had that, hadn't he? Eric Cantona, number five with 70. And then to fill out the top 10, if you want, you've got Robert Perez. Robert Perez was 62, so he was eight goals behind. And then you've got Anthony Marshall, actually, with 48, is now seventh. Uh, Also in the top 10, you've got Steve Malbronk, Sami Nasri, and then Florin Malouda. And then if you want to go even further down, you've got Charles Nzogbia, who's 15th with 28 goals. There you go. William Gallas is 18th with 25 goals. So there's some odd names in there. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, there's your top five for this week. So, well done. you got three out of five. We've got three, which is, a th- which is three better than what I got last week. So An improvement. An improvement. So, yeah, let's hope next week you can get go one step further. <sighs> I don't think I would have ever got Saha. I don't think... I might have said Giroud had I had, like, about five or six more guesses, but I don't think I ever would have got Saha. No, so Hall was quite tough. I never a, thought he'd score that many, but yeah, yeah but he did play for. Goals. He scored quite a few for Fulham, and then he didn't do half bad at Man United either, did he? So no, and he was around for a while because he was with Everton as well for a bit, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know how really many goals he really got there. But... He was actually really underrated as a as a football player. I always thought. I always thought he was really good. And he never. He was never really spoken about as being one of the top. Top sort of footballers when he was about but yeah there you go all right well better luck next week eh? <laughs> yep and next week we don't have to talk about Liverpool. uh so that's, no we uh, don't that's no. good we've won the title now let's forget about it yeah yeah week. we don't need to do anything about them anymore so yeah so that is it for this week um like i said we'll be back next week um with with more of what you've heard today uh, anything else liam Nope, nothing else from me. Okay, so we will see you next week.